do I have to say if the Lord does not help me? You can't intimidate me with your look. <laughs> I came prepared. Some of them are looking like that. You cannot intimidate me. Go home and come back. You can't intimidate me. This is my father's house. And this word is my father's word. And he trains me about it in the day and in the night. So I came prepared. One of the problems I have when it comes to preaching, and I've been doing this for a while, is that I don't know how to come up with titles to messages. Honestly, it's a, I don't know if it's a problem, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I don't. The truth is, I have no title for the message I was going to preach until Ruth Moran came up. So my title is, Stop! <laughs> Listen! <laughs> and honestly, you will not believe it. I sat and I was like, what am I going to title this? There are just too many dimensions I'm bringing. What, what, what will this be called? What am I going to say? And then she came and said, Stop. What was the third one? Stop listening. Okay, stop. Look. Listen. Ah. Stop. Look. I'm serious. That's the title. Stop. Look. And listen. But listen to what? What are you stopping to look and listen to? I want you to stop. I want you to look. And I want you to listen. And heed. When your inheritance calls you. Can I say that one more time? Your inheritance in life will always call you. Always call you. But you have to stop. You have to look. You have to listen. Isn't God wonderful? As he was preparing me for this, the first time I preached this message was 19 years ago and I got into trouble with it. What I'm about to share with you. I got, it got me into trouble. Why would you say that? And 19 years after, it's, not, it's, it's, it's something that can be said again. Kai. Stop. Look, listen, when your inheritance calls, because listen, your inheritance will call you. Your inheritance will surely call you. Let me read two scriptures, then I will go to the text. Second Corinthians chapter 4. For we bear, we have this treasure Verse number 7 is what I'm reading from. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For we have this treasure in what? In an earthen vessel. So that the excellence of power may be of what? Of God and not of us. Let me say it one more time. For we have what? This treasure in an earthen vessel. So that the excellence of power will not be what? will be of God and will not be what? Of us. For we are had pressed on every side. Yet we are not crushed. Sometimes we are perplexed. But yet we are not in despair. And sometimes it comes as persecution. But even when it comes, as persecution, you are not forsaken. And there are some times when you are struck down. Amen. And even when you are struck down, you are not destroyed. Because you bear in your vessel, earthen vessel. Look at this. Look at this guy. Look at this. You know what, I, what I'm doing? I have this treasure inside of me. And because I don't know the worth of it, most people don't. You try to buy good clothes and whatever to decorate. But you are not decorating the vessel. 
I mean, you're not decorating the treasure, sorry, because your decoration of the treasure will bring in perfection to it. What you are decorating is your hearthing vessel, which wastes away. So you put gold on there and, and silver and good wristwatch and good shirt and good suit and good gown and, good, and all those good stuff. Because the hearthing vessel has no significance. And you have to identify and you have to bring significance upon it. Are you following what I'm saying? So people can regard and respect you. Look at your shoe. By the way, the one I'm wearing is about. This shoe is the oldest shoe I have. If I'm not wrong, I think this shoe is about eight or nine years and it still looks good. Does it still look good? Great. You have this treasure in an what? Earthen vessel. One scripture that I'll read. Let me read another one. Psalm number 37. Now, I want you to pay attention to this psalm. I have so many things in my Bible, I don't know where I got them. Praise God. I want to add my voice to what we've been hearing for some time now. I want to talk to you about the prodigal son. And Pastor rightly changed the title of that message, of that scripture, to the prodigal God. Are you in Psalm number 37? Let me read from verse 16, 17, 18. A little that the righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the hands of the wicked shall be broken, but the, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Verse number 18, that's where I'm going. Everybody read that verse number 18 with me. For the Lord, let's go, one, two. Okay, close your Bible. Close your Bible. I said close your Bible. For the Lord knows all the days of the upright. And his inheritance is for what? For everlasting. Okay, I have one question. If you get it right, I'll give you $20. You have to raise your hand. Okay. When the prodigal son came to the father and said, can I have the inheritance that falls for me? And the father gave it to him. And he went and he did everything that he did. And for years and years you have preached against him. You preachers, you have told the world how wrong he was. You didn't study the scripture very well to know he wasn't wrong. And I will show it to you. And you preached but you've used that scripture to preach all kinds of sin. Oh, he went away from God. Shut up. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, shut up. After all, the question is this. When the son came back, does he have any inheritance again with the father? You've been taught. Too many of you said yes and you are correct. I can't give you money. I told you raise your hand. Didn't I say raise your hand? Too many of you said yes. How can I give all of you $20? <laughs> oh, you have the answer? Is it the same answer that he gave? Okay, ma'am. Yes. Watch, watch your commitments. <laughs> oh, somebody's raising their hand. <laughs> you can't get me. Okay, listen. You see, when you become an upright man, which is not of your works, which is of God, the inheritance that is apportioned to you in life is in phases. Everybody say phases. At a particular time and season of life, some of those inheritance are accrued to you. If you don't ask, you don't get it. 
Sorry, can I say that one more time? If you don't ask, you don't get it. Because as children or sons, you must know what are rightly belonging yours, belonging to you. But if you seek them and you ask for them, you get them. But that is not the totality of the inheritance God has for your life. So, when you were 10 years old, there was an inheritance according to you. You asked for it, you got it. When you were 20 years old, you asked for it, you got it. When you were 30, you asked for it, you got it. When you were 40, when you were 50, when you were 60 and 70 until you went. I mean, until you leave this earth. There are seasons in God. And every season in God has inheritance for your life. So the idea that the son came and got all that belonged to him is a misunderstanding of the truth of the gospel. No, he only got what was his at that moment of time. And so he has the legitimate right to return and say, where else? What else? Unknown to the senior brother. You know what? Luke chapter 15. Let's go there. From, verse, from chapter 11, Jesus went into Jerusalem and he started preaching. And the Bible said great multitude followed him. Great multitude. And he started teaching them. And you know what he taught them? The parables. Let me say this. I said this at the vigil. You remember that, Professor? And I'll say it again. And I'm serious about what I'm about to say. Please, I want you to have a totally different understanding of what the parables are. I mean, the parables are. The parables that you hear Jesus speak about is not talking about a story of an event that happened. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus is not telling you a story of something that happened. Parables are not like that. Jesus is also not telling you a fictional story. He's not cooking up stories to make impact. No, 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 no. Parables are wisdom keys. Say wisdom keys. To understanding the kingdom. So making an appointment in the next one year. Give yourself that appointment that you will go back and study all the parables one by one. By the time you will come back, you will understand God and his kingdom way beyond being misguided. I'm telling you, you will understand it way beyond all these schemings and all these shenanigans that is going on all over the place. So here, Jesus came and he told the parable. And he has said a lot of parables. Parable of these, of that, of that, of that, of that, of that. And then he gathered them and he said one more. And here is the parable. From verse number 11. Luke chapter 15 verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. Everybody say two sons. First of all, that does not mean that in the kingdom of God, there are only two sons. Because you also read some other parables where I talked about five. Where I talked about ten. Are you following what I'm saying? Where I talked about all kinds of figures. Are you following what I'm saying? So the, the kingdom is not talking about two, two sons. No, no, no. That's not what he's saying. So but just, just get it right. So he had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Everybody said to me. Did he ask, did he ask for the portion that fell to you? So why are you angry with this guy all these years? Why are you angry with him? The guy went to the father and said, Father, can I have the portion of goods that accrue to me? He didn't ask for his brother's portion. It was just his own. And you guys have been angry with this guy forever. Father, give me the portion of goods that, are, that falls to me. So it is, can you read this next one? So he divided to them his livelihood. Another wrong notion you've had over years is this. That he gave the junior brother the portion that accrued to him. No. He divided it and gave each one his portion. Did you hear me? They got their portion, each one of them. 
Verse number 13. <laughs> and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. Say all together. The Bentley they gave him. The church they gave him. The houses. I think he sold some of them. And put money in his pocket. And he did what? And journeyed to a far country. Say far country. Let me ask you a question. Another question. There is no money attached to this. He took the belongings that accrued to him and he left for a far country, somewhere far away from the father. Was that wrong? Why is it not wrong? Huh? It does his choice, right? No, no, no. It's much more than that. Actually, the truth of that matter is the fact that that is actually one of the things the father loves. Tarry in Jerusalem. Until the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And then you will receive power. And then you will do what? You become my witnesses. Where you got the power? In Jerusalem. And then you move to Judea. And then you go to Samaria. And then you go to the hot house. So the God that we are talking about here loves people going far. Because his kingdom must be extended to the ends of the earth. Religious preacher will tell you that, oh, he left the father. Is there anywhere you will be under the face of the earth that God is not? Can we just understand God in the totality of who he is? Now, here is the problem the guy has, which you also have. You also have the problem. Look at this. And there, when he got to the far country, there wasted his possession with prodigal living. Prodigal means lavishly or extravagant. But if you understand prodigal, lavish lifestyle, extravagant lifestyle, it also includes the fact that he was a reckless giver. Oh, I will show it to you. You will see why he was a reckless giver. The Bible mentioned it. You were not just paying attention enough. He was a reckless giver. If he goes around, he said, oh, man, I'm broke. I need $5,000. $5,000? Take it, man. God bless you. Oh, you need two hundred. Take it, man. Now, the only person that said that he used his resources to carry women was his senior brother. Was he there? It was out of envy. The guy was pissed off, was mad. But he wasted it. Are you following what I'm saying? He had no intuition for tomorrow. So, there is nothing wrong with giving carelessly. But when you are being careless in giving, please be careful of tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, I can't talk to Pope. Eh? <laughs> That's a big man right there. <laughs> I can't stand before Pope and talk. <laughs> Let me talk to my level here. <laughs> you know I'm playing, I'm joking with you. Just pulling your leg. This is what happened to this guy. But when he has spent all, there arose a famine. I will run and I will be, put all these things together. But when he has spent all, there arose a famine. Everybody says severe famine. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to highlight some of the treasures in this passage. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to highlight to you, some deep treasures. There was a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pots that the swine had. And no one gave him anything. Did you hear that? No one gave him anything. All the good this guy has done, he tried to reach out to those same people. Sorry, nobody was going to return investment. If you don't give, do you have the right, the audacity to go ask? Huh? You don't give. And then you now walk to somebody. Amen. 
things are hard. Things have changed, man. You know, is there anywhere I can get twenty bucks? And you never give in anything. Twenty bucks. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, things are also hard here. Yeah. Let me see your back. <laughs> Nobody give him anything. But here is something I want to show you. Remember what I said. The title is "Stop, Look to What." To the call of your inheritance. The Bible said a severe famine came upon him. Now what you don't understand is this. The severe famine that came upon that guy was from the Lord. Hello? Can I say that one more time? The severe famine that came upon the land was particularly significantly for him. And that famine took everything he has or he had. And he had nothing. To the point that the famine was so virulent, he had to go beg a citizen of that country and he got himself a 9 to 5 job. And the job was to feed the swine. And the Bible said he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that accrued to the swine. But he never. It was pressed to the point. That's why I read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, 8, 9 to you. Listen, I don't care how much of the tempest of famine that comes upon your life. If you are an upright man in God, God will not let you get to the point where you hit the pot of the swine. It is not possible. It can never happen. I know what I'm talking about. Yes, you will not be pushed to the point where you will hit the pot of the swine. It's never going to be. Oh, but he was tempted. Watch this. Oh, boy. That was the pot of the swine. And the guy was so hungry. And he looked at it. But you know what? Empty stomach. You know the language of empty stomach? Eat anything. And he looked at the pot again. Number one, nobody's going to accuse him of eating the pot. He could have gladly filled his stomach. That means there's not going to be anybody accusing him of saying, of, why are you eating the food of this wine? No, he could. But he looked at the pot and he will reach out his hand to and then he will pull back. He will reach out his hand and he will pull back. Do you know what was going on? While he got to the hands, to, to, to his hands weight. When he got to the hand of the wall. And he got to the point where it is either he eats the pot or probably perish. The father was there far away country, isn't it? And the father saw him. How did you know he saw him? You will see later. Because the father here is talking about God. And God saw him. And God smiled. <laughs> yeah, I have pushed you to the right point. And while he was looking at the pot of it, God said, Dear son. Yes, God said it. Son. And as soon as God said son, the guy looked at the other. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Part of this. Listen, I remember my father. That was a call. That was inheritance. Calling him forth. My father had so much that I can feed from. God bless you, sir. I mean, I have enough. I can hit to the point I'm so satisfied and I will still have excess to give out. And then another voice came. Hit the pod, son. Hit the pod, boy. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. You are hungry. Hit the pod. And then he will reach out his hand. I will gladly return back to my father. And I will tell him one thing. Daddy. 
I have no more identity with you. Ah! There are too many things I can bring out of this scripture. Just too, it's, it's super rich. Super rich. Do you know that what this guy said, which I'm going to tell you next, which you read in the Bible you have, and there's a reason why I said you should close your Bible because I just want you to listen to the little rant I will make. Then you can go home and read it. The entire Pentecostal nonsense that is going on all over the world in the name of prosperity message is about what this guy just said. I will return to my father and I will tell him, Father, uh, forget about reckoning me as one of your sons. No, I've, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against me. I did forget about sonship. All I want is put me with the servant and let me have food to eat. So his entire life was now summarized in food. That is why so many times when I listen to messages on TV, and I flick those TV channels away anyway, and I hear about prosperity, prosperity, and I tell them, I say, all these guys are just interested in is food. The kingdom of God has been so reduced to one very simple, small element that the Bible actually told you not to worry about. They have built the entire kingdom on food. Money. What to wear. The kind of car to drive. The houses to, to buy. You know what I mean? It's all money. It's all food, 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 food. And then they try to grow stomach. And then it gets grown. And then they want to reduce it again. <laughs> They have protruded tummy, and then he does, it's no longer fitting to their health, and now they want to, want to do exercise. Now, this one that I have is not from food, though. <laughs> this one is a gift of the Holy Spirit. of living water shall flow. You see, that's a woman out of the spirit. So he said, I will return to my father and I will tell my father, I'm not talking about sonship. That means the guy said, forget about identity. I'm throwing identity away. I'm no longer identifiable as a son. I just want to be a servant because I'm hungry. I want food, 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 food. Let me have the portion that accrued to the servant. But remember, just like you, just like you, if you look back to your life, you will realize this, that in the days and the years past, there are so much more of God's grace and blessing that has accrued to you, but that you've wasted on clothes, on shoes, on cars, on houses. You also wasted them. Things that you could plow into something. Are you following what I'm saying? That could provide you an inheritance in the days to come. You heard it all. On mundane, artificial things. Because of what is called rat race. My neighbor bought a six-bedroom house. Man, by December, I got to go into a six-bedroom house. Really? Really? And then you get into that six-bedroom house. And you put a Lexus right in front of it to fit the garage door. <laughs> and then by the time you pay the mortgage and pay all the utilities, <laughs> you are hungry and you feel like stopping by a Red Lobster to eat lunch. And your pocket is saying, you better go to Wendy's. <laughs> you better go to two for three, two for three sandwich in Burger King. <laughs> Because as it comes, it goes. 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 And God is giving the inheritance in trickles. In trickles. But as it comes, it goes. As it comes, it goes. Because of your greed. Stop. You can't even sit down and accuse this guy. You can't. You have no audacity to do it. Oh, he wasted his resources. Have you not wasted so much? Yourself? Think back, please, people. 
But you remember what I said. There was a battle between the Spirit of God speaking to him and saying, Son, come back home. And then there's also this voice that is saying, Boy, hit the pot. <laughs> it's the same thing that happens to you every time. On your job, somebody you have to live in peace with and you... Do I stay in peace with that? <clears throat> Don't stay in peace. She's so rude. This is an opportunity for fornication of Kai. Very open floor. Open. Do I do it? I say, why would you? And they don't say, God, this is not just 10 minutes. God has forgiven you. Wow. Look at that $200. And that, it fell off that woman's pocket and she didn't know. You know why I know how to act that? Because I've done it before. Yes, I, I, know, I know I'm preaching to very saintly people who have not done... Me, I was a very bad boy. I was a terrible... My mother is there. What I showed that woman. So years back, when I became a minister... She would just look at me once. Sometimes she came to my house, she would just look at me and she shook her head and said, Ah, Allah to be lover. You know what that means? That God is so big in, in mercy, in grace, in compassion. God is a big God to save. Oh, I was a bad boy. I'm not kidding you. Did you say he shows? I'm in trouble. So, I, I, I see we are bad boy, Luke. <laughs> Don't mind that. Don't mind that. So, that was that battle. Are you following what I'm saying? You remember the Bible, that the scripture saying that? It's always that battle. It's always that battle. It's always that battle. But listen, that you get to a point where you know the right thing to do is different from you doing the right thing. I am. The good shepherd. That's Jesus talking. He said, not only that. I know my sheep. And my sheep knows me. And they also know my voice. And the voice of strangers they will never listen to. That is the scripture that applied to that guy at that point. Jesus said, come on. The devil said, he the poor. I think we could have called this message, hit the pod. <laughs> Come on, hit the pod, man. Come on, hit the pod. Come on, hit the pod. And he said, I will return to my father. In verse number 20 of that scripture that I'm reading to you, the guy literally packed his stuff, put it all together, and he proceeded to go to the father. Amen. What happened? Can you follow the process? At a point, he developed a will to do it. You understand what I'm saying? I will return to my father. But the fact that he came to the point where he willed to do it, it's way different from when he actually did it. You've come to so many decisions in your life when you tell yourself the truth of the gospel of Christ. This is the right thing to do. I have to live in peace. And I want to do everything to hand peace. You tell yourself. But really, in reality, you're doing everything contrary to peace. I want to make provision for the future. That's what I got to do. But in reality... You are actually making, you are not even making provision to, for, for the evening. Thank you. If you say thank you, you should give me money. Who says thank you and just sit down? So he willed and he proceeded to do what he willed. 
My prayer for you this morning is very simple. That when your inheritance will call you forth, you will heed the call, you will stop, you will look, you will listen, and you will go. Actually, rise on your feet. Actually, rise on your feet. I'm not done. I want you to pray that prayer just in one minute or two. Tell Jehovah God that Father God, the moment of time and season when my inheritance shall call me, let me listen, let me look, let me do. Help me, Lord, to be attentive to the voice of my inheritance by time that when the call comes, I shall hear. And I shall heed. And I will proceed. That is my prayer for everybody. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please sit down. Verse number 20. Now but please, please listen to this though. I beg you. Do not get to any point in the travails of your life. Where... You will negotiate your identity for food. It was the same thing Esau did. That was what this guy was doing here. The same exact thing. Forget about sonship. Who is sonship going to feed me? Give me food. But you know, there are so many prayers you pray amiss. And that's why James talked about it because. Such prayers, God has no mandate to listen. Did, I, did you hear what I just said? The prayers you pray, it may make sense to you and make some wisdom to you, it doesn't really matter. But if it's a miss, God don't listen. You know why? It's in the Bible there. Let me read from verse number 20. Watch this. You ready? And he arose, that was when he was doing the, the thing. He arose and came to his father. But when it was still a great way off, everybody say great way off. Ah, his father saw him. How can a father see a son that didn't tell him he's coming home? I want you to have understanding. Are you following what I'm saying? Number one, the boy did not say, I'm coming home on so so date. Number two, he didn't tell him time. And why he was way off, no one can see him. His father stood up and ran towards him. You know why? Do you know why? Because it was the father that called him in the first instance. Yes, sir. It was the father that called him in the first instance. Son, come on! It didn't just come into his mind. It was a voice of the spirit. Son, come on! Son, come on! There is so much, much, much more for you than what come home. And as soon as the guy got up to get to start the journey, arose himself. Arouse himself. And the father proceeded. And the father proceeded. Dressed in a regalia that fit a king. Every servant was looking. Where is this guy going? Where is Oga going? Where is the master going? Where is the king going? Where's, what's going on? He, number one, the first thing he wore in the, in the beginning of the day was a countenance they have never seen before. A countenance of joy. Ha! 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 One ship was lost. 99 sitting in home. I will be glad. Recovering one that was lost. The father was so happy, happy. They saw joy on his face. What is wrong with King today? What's wrong with KBSC? What is wrong with the up? Unknown to them. He was expecting his son. And his son did not even know. And as the son was taking two steps, the father was taking six steps because the father was running. The boy did not run. The father did. Stand up, Greg. Please come here. Oh, you great too? <laughs> Bless you, sir. This is the one I can command. <laughs> this one I can command this one day and night. He has no choice. See his chest? Big. <laughs> so the father ran. Watch this. The father ran to the boy, ran to the boy. Why the boy was far away? And what do you think the, the servants were doing when their master is running? They two were running behind. Hey, where is the king going? Oh, where? And he ran and he ran and he ran. And when he got to the son, 
Did you, did you see the posture? Wait a, wait a minute. You remember when Obama went to Saudi Arabia and he went to pay a visit to the king of Saudi Arabia and he bowed to give him a handshake? Yes, sir. It became, <laughs> it became bad news in the whole of America. How can the president of the United States, the number one citizen of the greatest country in the world, go and bow down to? Oh, you say, why not? Yes. Oh, well. I have nothing to say because brother is brother here. <laughs> he's, he's, my, he's my Republican enemy. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but wait. When the father met the guy, let me ask you. I don't care what culture you're from. What culture? American, Caribbean, whatever. Wherever you're from. When a junior meets the senior, which one bows to the other? The junior. Oh, so it's, it's, it's over, overboard. Yes. It was the father that went and did this. Yes. Put his head on his neck and welcomed him and held his hand. Let's go home. And then all the servants realized that, oh boy, this is what the king is all about. And they also were happy. But watch what happened. As they were proceeding on the way back home, the boy said, Father, First, please sit down, sir. Thank you. God bless you, sir. First of all, I, I am no longer a son. Take that privilege away. I return home because I'm hungry and I need food. So just keep me with the servants. Tell me what to do along with the servants. Just make sure I have the portion of food so I can eat and have leftover. And you know one funny thing about that scripture? The father never answered that prayer. Did not Amen. even say one word to it because it was a stupid prayer that came out of no understanding. That's exactly how God treats some of your prayers. You cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and God say, you're not talking to me because you have little or no understanding of who you are. The father never responded to that prayer. Not once. Why? It was not necessary. You know what the father did? As soon as he looked at the father, he said, when he ran his mouth, so I just turned and looked at the servant. Servant! Go get me a robe. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't run. Don't go in. Don't get away yet. Stay there, stay there. Wait a minute. This guy was gone for a while. How did the father make a robe for him? Hey! I got you to where I'm going. Hear these people of God. God bless you. Hear this very well. I told you inheritance of the upright is for what? Is for what? Okay. While this son was away, wasting away, living recklessly, doing the things he's not supposed to do, not thinking about the future, and while you were sitting in your own room too, condemning him, as the days were going by, some other inheritance accrued to him. And the father said, Servant, go get me Ralph Lauren. Let him make a customized suit, robe, that fits the sun that is from my loins. How did he know his size? Don't ask me, he's God. And they tailored it to fit. Yes. And the father put it in a bag and hung it. As the days went by, as the days went by, while the son was still recklessly living, having no hope for the future, it was time to make gold for him. Gold ring. And the father said, go get me the best goldsmith in the world. They brought, it to him. they brought him to him. And the father said, here is the size of my son. Make a ring, a signet that fits the son of my status. And they made that. The father took it and kept it. Everybody say inheritance. When the days go by, while the son was still waiting away, and you were condemning him, the father got to the point, he should have a shoe now. Get me the best shoemaker. Give me an example. Give me a name of a designer, shoe designer. <laughs> father God, as I lay my... <laughs> 
Oh, blessed be God. Please, somebody, give me a name of a designer, shoe designer. Eh? Michael Cole, whatever. Stacey Adams. The best of them. Salvatore Veragamo. <laughs> Father called him and said, Hey, my son wears size number eight. Oh, I didn't know he has not outgrown his shoes because he's God. Make him a sandal. And he kept it. Now, I will end up with all sense of responsibility. Because I did not just have this microphone to run my mouth. I actually have a word from heaven for you. If you go back home, buy this tape, listen to it again, because I think it will change your life. Why was the father concerned about the robe, the golden ring, and the sandal? Why was it the first gift to give to this son? Why? I think the first thing should have been, let's go home first. Let's go and relax and eat and wine. No. Give me the robe. Change his clothing, his raiment. Give me a gold ring. Give me a sandal. Now you can walk with me now to the palace. Because you can't be my son and be in these tattered clothes. But do you know what those things mean? Let me tell you a little bit about the church. I've been part of the church now for about for close to 25 years as a leader. The prosperity messengers. Number one, I have a problem with all these. I have a problem with all these prosperity people. I, I really do. I think I am one Nigerian that has written most concerning the church and the Pentecostal movement. I've written over 67 articles. And I don't care whose ox is God. I mention names for those who have read my articles in the past. In Sahara reporters all over the place. I don't care. Actually, I got a call from one of them. How he got my number, I didn't know. Are you a for? Now, that's not anything to boast about. That you're a troublemaker. It's not anything to boast about. But listen, I would defend the doctrines of the kingdom till my last blood is shed. The problem with them is this. Listen. Before you go out of Jerusalem, before you go to Judea, before you go to Samaria, before you go to the uttermost parts of the earth, listen, you need four things. Everybody say four. Unfortunately, the last one was what the boy ran with. Number one, if I put $2 billion in your hands today, if you don't have what is called identity, you will come back poor in five years. Go and ask business people. Oh, I watched a video of Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. He decked himself with beards and looked very much unlike himself. And he went on the street and he was juggling, you know, juggle ball here and there. And he had all kinds of skills. And people were looking at him. They were just walking away. Who's this? Nobody paid him attention. One small boy just came and passed with him, you know, kicked ball around with him. Nobody paid him attention until when he took off the beards and whatever. And people saw him and you know what he did? Everybody got out. <laughs> Nobody did this. Nobody did this to the guy when he was. Because he does not have any identity. Money does not run for you if you have no identity. What the robe represents was identity. That's the reason why the guy lost it all. He could not even identify himself. So they put identity on him. He could have waited to acquire all those. Are you following what I'm saying? But he did not. Wait, tarry in Jerusalem. Don't rush to get out. Tarry, tarry, tarry. Power will come. You'll be in power from an eye. Then you cannot go. What was the gold for? You are students of Bible. That's authority. Authority. You raise your gold, the seed. Oh, that is the song. Of the king. My time is up, so I got to round up. You know what the sandal is? Do you know what the sandal is? Security. 
Security. Oh, the Bible talks about the agents of righteousness. He said the angels will bear them in their hands so they don't hit their foot against the stone. Okay. If angels are not going to bear, you better wear shoes. Oh. <laughs> so you don't hit your foot against the stone. So, first, identity. Second, authority. Third, security. Then you can get wealth. And when you have those three and you put wealth and God blesses you with wealth, your dollar will go fetch a million. Those are the principles the world understands that we don't. And when little trickles come to your hand now, you'll be shaking your body. Oh boy, that's $25,000 at once. <laughs> and then in six months, your $25 turned to 25 cents. Then you say, God, God of heaven, God again, again. Relax. Get the things that are necessary first. Don't be in a hurry about this movement. The walk is long. It takes a lot of hope. It takes a lot of faith. But please, tarry. Gather the things that are essential and needed for your destiny. And then you take wealth. Now you see how the church now turns it around. They want money now. Because they think they can use money to buy authority. And that's why they come on the pulpit and lie all, they lie with their, with their lips. They tell you testimonies. One day I was at the airport in London and a guy came to me and he gave me a million pounds telling. Because they have to tell you all those stories so that you would be able to meet their lifestyle with, you understand what I'm saying? All kinds of lies they speak about. So they want to use wealth to buy authority. They want to use wealth to buy identity. They want to use wealth to buy security. Some of them are even going with people that are loaded with guns. And then they tell you to trust God for security. <laughs> Rise on your feet. When your inheritance will call you, my prayer is this. You will heed the voice of your inheritance. You will not go with the voice of the stranger. But you will be able to identify the voice of your inheritance. And when it comes, you will not only decide to go, you will actually rise. Nothing will stop you. Nothing will hinder you. Nothing will forestall you. God will quicken your feet. You will reach your destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands to heaven and say, Father, thank you. God bless you. Have a nice afternoon.